The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Okay, exciting news. Today, I actually finished Story Filters. Like, I'm all the way finished. Like, I did all the things. It's actually ready to go live. I'm just waiting until I fill out the rest of my sales funnel, which I've been working on for the last two and a half weeks or three weeks technically because I did like a pre-training week. But I thought to celebrate the fact that I have finished Story Filters, I would tell you what it is and like how it was born. Uh, and so if I'm being honest, <laughs> writing has not always helped me out financially. All right. I know that if you're listening to this podcast or watching this video, you can probably relate. So I'm just going to be upfront and tell you that there was a point when I was like, I'm over this. I'm not making any money. And it happened because uh, I was working like crazy on like republishing a bunch of my books. And I knew that Christmas was coming up and that my husband really wanted this one expensive thing for Christmas. Like that's all he was had been talking about for months. Like I don't even think he knew how badly he wanted it because he kept mentioning it over and over again. But what he wanted was a leather uh, apron to wear in his workshop that had like fun pockets and things so that he doesn't get hurt when he's doing his woodworking or whatever else he's doing, soldering. He does a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, and, like, I knew that buying the piece of leather wouldn't really be, like, giving him a gift because he does leatherworking because he would have to do everything himself. Uh, but the truth was, like, I looked around. I found this really cool shop in Ukraine that makes these amazing custom leather belts. And it was going to cost, uh, like, $380. And I was like, oh, because I just wanted to get it for him, you know? Like, I love him. He does so many things for me. But I just wasn't making any money from my writing, like everything was at least breaking even with ads, but I didn't have anything left over to buy the apron with. And I thought, you know, if I buy the apron with our joint bank account, that means that he's going to have to work 15 hours at least of overtime painting. And it just didn't feel right. It made me really sad. <laughs> like it was one of those moments where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm done like pursuing full-time writing for now. I'm just going to take a break. And uh, I decided that I was going to go back to school and become an editor. And while I was in school, I noticed that the, the professors were always saying like, look out for these patterns. These are the kinds of mistakes grammatically that writers make a ton. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. But as I went through these classes, I thought, what if there are patterns in storytelling mistakes 
because that was a problem I was having uh, myself. And I thought, there are just some books I can't stand to read. Why do I not like reading them? What's wrong with them? And uh, at that point, like while I was going through editing school, Maria and I wrote a book called Write the Perfect Read, the fiction edition, where we took all of our collective brains and smushed them together into this book that brings together all of the ideas you need to understand about writing if you're going to publish a book or uh, try to find someone who will traditionally publish your book. And I was like, I need to get reviews for this book. So I signed up for this experimental review exchange. Um, and I started like reading basically a book a day so that I could get one review every day so that I could like hurry up, read it and exchange uh, the review and do the same thing over and over again. And that's how I got the first few reviews. Technically, that's how I got the first 50 reviews that you see on Write This Way. Some of them were really mean. So it's not like in this exchange, you're automatically giving each other good reviews. That's not what happened at all. And later on, Travis is like, you know, you polluted your reviews by using this exchange thing because these people don't care about, uh, <laughs> they don't necessarily care about writing better. They already think they're good writers. And I was like, well, some of them are, but some of them really loved the book. And, and that's not the point. The point is when I was like mass reading all these books, I started to notice something. I started to notice one of the patterns, the biggest, most occurring pattern was something that always made me want to stop reading. And that's when Story Filters, the idea came into my head and I was like, okay, I'm going to tell all the other writers, this is the one thing that re that like you're doing that's making readers mad. And I... <laughs> I went back to my professors. I was like, what about this? What about this? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm like, why don't they teach writers this? Why are they only teaching editors this? Because editors are taught to think about everything from the reader's point of view to uh, be able to diagnose what the reader experience will be like. Editors fight for the reader. And I was like, well, what if we changed it so that the writers are already fighting for the reader and then editors just join that fight, which is how, you know, which is what we try to do in Literary Symmetry, um, my editing co-op. But so I had this idea, right? I started trying to figure out how I could solve this big, glaring problem. And I, <laughs> I created this framework that's called story filters. And it uses these different ideas within novel writing to make sure that you're not over describing something or under describing something because either one of those will lead to reader confusion. And that's what I had been experiencing as a reader. And I went back and I changed some of my writing using these filters and I was like, dang, this changes everything. And I was like, okay, well, maybe it's just me, though. Because that's what I, <laughs> I always have to test everything. That's who I am. And so I started sending it out to people. And I started going back and reading the beginnings of some of my favorite books and looking with the framework that I had created and seeing, are these books that I love so much violating this one thing? Are they over or under describing? And um, they weren't. They were all making sure that they were not doing either one of those. And I realized that my framework could prevent writers from doing the same thing as I got more and more feedback. And people are like, wow, this is great. This is better than any writing one-on-one class. I was really uh, excited 
And also I started giving it to my editing clients and they were like, wow, I totally get what you were saying now. Like, you know, when I'm editing, like especially developmental editing, I'm like, hey, so like you mentioned the wind uh, eight times in this paragraph. So maybe just pick one mention of the wind and delete all the rest. And they're like, no, I need it. I need the depictions of the wind. It's a very important character in my book. Maybe, right? But when I had the same person go through the story filter framework, they were like, oh man, I totally see what you were saying. Why would I talk about the wind so much? And I'm like, okay, so this thing is making my job easier. It's making people's writer writing better, including my own. What am I going to do with it? And I thought, I'm going to give it away for free. Because that's how much I love storytelling. That's how much I care about you. I want everyone to know how to use this framework so that they can create a more compelling story. So they can stop doing the one thing that readers hate most. And I just want to tell you that when I started using this myself and in my uh, clients, like editing sessions and started giving this out, I, I got more clients. I was able to finally turn a profit. And you know what? I bought Travis the apron for Christmas and he was literally shocked. He could not believe it. And not only was I able to get him the custom amazing apron that was shipped all the way from Ukraine in this amazing like fabric bag, uh, I, I was able to even get it customized. So every time he's out in his workshop and he puts it on, he feels my actual love and hard work hugging him and protecting him. And there's nothing more awesome than that. Do I love helping storytellers? Of course, that's my thing. You know that. But did it feel good to be able to buy something for my husband with my own money that he had no idea about? It was so worth it. And so Story Filters is going to go live uh, later next week. I'm so excited. And if you join the uh, Literary Symmetry mailing list right now, you will get a notification when it's out. And you'll be able to get all the goodies that are in it and learn the framework that is going to change your writing forever. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I can't wait for you to read it, to see it, to hear it, because I'm giving away uh, the PDF version, which is so pretty, and it took me like a, quite a while to design it, but once I did that, I was able to design everything else based off of it because it was so much fun. And then I'm also giving you a free audiobook of Story Filters, and you get a free video presentation where I literally take you by the hand and I walk you through each step of the framework. And remember, this is all one lesson. It's half an hour to change your life forever. And wouldn't you want that? So <laughs> that's why I thought I would talk about it today because the launch is coming. And tomorrow we're going to talk about fail versus failure because I had a really sad night last night and I wrote a really interesting poem that I'm going to read to you live and you can feel free to critique it. But if you say mean things about this expensive words poem, you know, just make sure it's like an actual critique and not just you being mean because that's not cool. <laughs> So that's what we're going to do in the next episode. And until then, remember, it is never too late to write the story of your heart. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. 
If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. <laughs>